welcome to oh fuck oh fuck off (laughs) welcome to the bad and bitchy podcast i'm erica and i'm barbara so today we bring back a guest host from may barbara intro yourself uh, my name is Barbara Nzie. I'm the co-chair of the Empower Her Network, um, all around just intersectional feminist killjoy. Thank you, Amy, for the like uh, catchphrase, I guess. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. And a uh, big fan of the Bad and Bitchy pod and the people who run it and just an all out just care about things too much, I guess. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my motto. That's you my do thing. have to care about things too much to be on this pod. I'll tell you that. Okay, just a reminder, we have merch, redbubble.com slash people slash bad and bitchy. Also, if you've been listening for a while now, or even if you're new, support us on our and our work on Patreon, patreon.com slash bad and bitchy. I'm going to bring this up later because we are going to be talking about a little bit about organizing and protesting. Mm-hmm. So, but we can't do it without money, people. Funds. <laughs> okay. Funds. And just a reminder that we have a weekly column in the Hill Times. If you're not a subscriber, we post all of our columns on our website, badandbitchy.com. Finally, we're on social media. All of our contact info can be found in the show notes. Um, also, I just want to say a shout out and say happy birthday to my Auntie Dawn. Who oh, cute. Is, no, my Auntie. Okay. So my Auntie Dawn is, um, <laughs> her birthday's two days after mine. And so, like... Honestly, I think my soul, like part of her soul was transferred into me at birth or something because she is, (laughs) she's militant and loving at the same time. (laughs) This woman has a capacity to love that, that, that will move you. But if you piss her off or you say something stupid, she'll put you in your place kind of thing. I love your auntie. Yeah, I know. She's like auntie. So happy birthday, auntie Dawn. She'll never hear this, by the way. I know, but we also need to wish you a happy belated birthday. Oh, thank happy you. birthday, Erica. Thank you. Okay, I recommend mm-hmm. uh, self-care and skincare Ooh, birthday yeah. for everybody. 100%. I did that, and I feel, like, rejuvenated. Are you the type of person who does um, goals when they turn? Nope. No. <laughs> same it's fine no uh, but do you do like a reflective thing on your birthday i do okay and um uh, but i'm kind of always sort of reflective mm-hmm. but i got you know you can you can be reflective only at rest yeah when you're still mm-hmm. right so yeah like i'm really i guess honestly i actually said a prayer and i was really oh nice yeah, yeah. i said I was like, thank you so much for yeah. all that I've been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I'm tired, but <laughs> hey. but I'm I am so I'm proud of where this podcast has gone. I'm proud of the work we've been able to do. And I'm just really thankful. Yeah. And I'm really happy for just the space we're in right now and that there's unlimited possibilities and stuff like that. And it's so funny because the idea of hope yeah. is really what, what feeds the soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's yeah. true. All right. Look at that. So cute. Well, happy birthday, Erica. Thank you. We have an amazing year and all the more fun. Thank all you. All the fun in the world. All That's the fun. All the fun. All right. You ready? 
Yeah. Let's, let's get into it. it. All right. So our first topic, global unrest over transportation. Now, I've been wanting to talk about transport, do a deep dive into transportation mm-hmm. for a while. I know a few episodes, like, no, not a few episodes. Many episodes ago, about a year ago, we talked about transportation as a feminist issue. Yeah. Um, Wired Magazine has an excellent, excellent transportation vertical. So if you want to know about transportation tech and society as it relates to ethics and bias and so on and so forth, Mm -hmm. I recommend. All right. So here we go. Hundreds of people marched through downtown Brooklyn for hours to protest what they described as continuous police brutality by the New York Police Department. The protest began because of two incidents on a subway on Friday. They were both recorded and put online, so the, and naturally they went viral. The first viral video shows an officer punching 15-year-old Benjamin Marshall in the face, after officers were dispatched to the J Street subway stop last week after getting calls of two large groups fighting. Even though he says he was not a part of the fight, officers charged him with assaulting an officer, resisting arrest, obstructing governmental administration, and disorderly conduct. Another black teenager were punched, while five teenagers in total were arrested. The second video helped spark the out- that helped spark the outrage is of 19-year-old Adrian Napier, who was seen with his hands up as police on the platform pointed their guns at him through the window of the train car. Police then stormed the car, saying afterwards they believed he was armed. He wasn't armed. He was later charged with theft of services, a misdemeanor that got many in the community upset enough to shut down busy Flatbush Avenue. Flatbush? Yeah. Like Tina Turner. <laughs> the incident is under review by the department. So um, before we go into this, I'm just going to put to I'm just going to put some facts out there. So the unrest comes following Governor Andrew Cuomo's summertime decision to flood the transit system with cops to catch fare evaders. It cost two seven two dollars and seventy five cents to ride the subway. The cost of rising, riding the subway has ri- risen dramatically in the past five decades and not entirely because of inflation. The subway fare in 1980 was 60 cents, which in today's currency would be $1.75, a whole dollar cheaper than the actual current rate. What the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, or the MP- NTA, takes in some $4.5 billion annually in bus and subway fares Decades of neglect by New York governors and the MTA has have left the subways, centuries-old switch system, and other infrastructure in dire need of updating, triggering a crisis in 2017 and routine delays to this day. I remember when Cynthia Nixon was running against mm-hmm. Andrew Cuomo, and this is exactly what she was talking yeah. about. Cynthia Nixon flashed through my mind as, as I was putting together the show yeah. notes. And I thought, what a different response that would have been had she been governor. Yeah. So who you vote for at all levels matters. matters. It's not Absolutely. a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody doesn't become governor or president or prime minister doesn't mean they're ineffective. Yeah. No, no. I've, Cynthia I've, Nixon would have been a far like better at handling the situation than our current guy yeah 
the Cuomo dynasty. And Ugh. Chris is the dumbest motherfucker on <laughs> CNN, and that's saying something. Yeah, anyway, so far, this has gone about as well as one might be ex- might expect. With recent reports of riders, particularly black riders, and I will add Hispanic because mm-hmm. I think that that's pretty much in the same kind of category, being tackled and tased over the cost of a subway ride. According to the MP- MTA's own data, of the 148 people arrested for evasion in the second quarter of 2019, 101 of those stopped by police were black. That is institutional racism. At its finest. At its finest. I don't even know how much clearer you could be when it comes to structural institutional racism. So, um, so, yeah, I, so let me get your first initial yeah. thoughts. There's a whole discussion after this, yeah. but let me get those first so we can like parse this out a little bit. I think for me, seeing those videos was in a way such, it, it was so painful to watch. Uh-huh. Um, just seeing the, rea- even just seeing the reaction of the passengers around, how terrified they were of the police. Just the f- body language of the passengers seeing them the second video specifically you can really see just the interaction between the police and the passengers they ran because the police were the ones pointing guns yeah. at them not the guy that was supposedly had mm-hmm. the gun and surprise surprise didn't have the gun but you know what they had to charge him with something yeah to justify it to justify it okay so um last week mm-hmm. i was at city hall on a panel um i spoke for cans ottawa which is the coalition against more surveillance um they are so we're a group of ottawa residents activists and scholars who are very concerned about the potential use of video surveillance cameras by the city of ottawa to monitor areas Mm -hmm. of the city such as byward market and the new lrt stations yeah and especially in heavily policed areas Um, The mayor has called for a feasibility study for a pilot project to get installed. Um, Mm. Toronto has another pilot project similar to this. Okay. Uh, And yeah, so one of the things that we were talking about was that or that was mentioned Mm -hmm. was that, you know, heavily policed areas are now being outfitted with this these cameras Mm -hmm. and these heavily policed areas are areas where you have a lot of black people a lot of immigrants Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of um marginalized Mm -hmm. indigenous homeless that kind of thing and surveillance and cameras and policing Mm -hmm. are their mental health tax on the poor and marginalized yeah and it's funny we're having these discussions about mental health but as usual we have them Mm -hmm. from a white perspective yeah so i think that america has some ptsd from this summer Mm -hmm. but think about americans of color who have just lived through eric garner yeah um and incidents that we don't know about yeah because those are those are the only ones that make the news mm-hmm. who have lived through Rikers Island. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the fact that these are people who have been treated like animals by but, the police and by absolutely. the state. 
So I'm not surprised that there's PTSD there. Of course. And that it, it, like, when people say that they fear the police, I believe them. Mm -hmm. And I understand why. Which is why when Pride had their whole Mm -hmm. police presence thing, um, it really exposed some some of the some of the the privileges and the structure of mm-hmm. the LGBTQ community. Yep. Uh, maybe I'm going on an aside, but that's fine. No, no. There's so much about this story that I'm just like, wow. It all. It also reminds me of remember the kid who was punched by the Ottawa cop. Yes. Oh remember, my God. Yes. Was that's... that around Overbrook? Yeah, it was. It was. Remember uh, the black kid? Yep. Uh, but it looked like, and and he was he was charged and arrested. Mm-hmm. He was he was targeted by this cop. Yep. And then he, when he didn't um, acquiesce, because mm-hmm. the the cop was grabbing him and yeah. eventually hit him in the face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where's the protest for that kid? Well. And no. that's the thing. That's the thing mm-hmm. with 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 Canada and Ontario and Ottawa especially. Mm-hmm. It is very much like I feel like everybody here has Stockholm syndrome because yeah. because because they're being oppressed and or being sub- subjugated, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Give me more. If I behave myself, I'll be free." Yeah, I think there's the mythology of uh, that if you can form within systems then you'll get ahead and if you get ahead then you'll be respected and then if you're respected you'll you'll have access to uh, what other what you see people in positions of privilege having and that's a complete myth right like it's not real it it is a myth and i heard somebody say that recently Mm. like oh well i want to get move up the system Mm -hmm. to change the system I, i was like okay and i didn't say it because but all i thought of was Wow, that's the biggest load of shit I've yeah. heard all week. And that's saying something because I'm on Twitter. <laughs> um, so, and and what they don't, um, what they, nobody, nobody under, like, there's a balancing act, right? Mm-hmm. Once you get power, you have more liability. Exactly. And they don't think about the liability side and mm-hmm. how the liability or the fear of losing, mm-hmm. the fear that that liability brings. Yeah is not something that they are able to recognize. They only see the power. Mm -hmm. They don't see that once you move your way up into the system, you're more um, incorporated into that system and you have more to lose. Mm -hmm. And you're tied into it. And you're tied into it because you benefit from it. So how how can you benefit from a system and then I want to believe you want to break it, like burn it down? This is why I never believed Trudeau when he talked about reform, <laughs> political re- yeah. I'm like, you just got an uber majority and you're yeah. going to change a system yeah. that benefited you? Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't I'd work like out to, well for him. I'd like to see that in action. Because <laughs> nobody, okay? Yeah, no. Nobody. Well, that's the thing also when we talk about moving up in systems is accountability and community accountability from communities and keeping that alive and keeping that real and how how do we actually exercise accountability because as much as we think that elections every four years are a measure of accountability they are not they're not 
we're, I think it's becoming more and more obvious that if we don't change the system as a whole, we're not going to be able to influence real change. Yeah. 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 So people, anyway, coming I, back to police coming brutality, back to police brutality. This is all, don't worry. <laughs> once you, once you see our next topic, you'll be like, Oh, it all ties. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, so transit, let's get back to transit mm-hmm. because, um, yeah. currently in Ottawa, um, there are many fails with the new LRT. You're being so kind. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a motherfucking train wreck. A shit <laughs> no, show. No, no, no. Yes, pun intended. Oh, okay. 100%, yeah. It is a clusterfuck of epic proportions. This man built wanted he eventually got the LRT system built. But you yeah. know what this man did? He took off the buses on the road. Who the fuck does that? Where? Where? Where is the logic? I well, no, no, no. Where else in this world <laughs> has this happened and has turned out to be a good idea? Has this, like, he, does he have, like, no policy chops whatsoever? He has the policy chops of Donald Trump at this point. I. Okay. I don't know. To be, to be, like, how, uh, do you, how do you square that? Like, how fucking removed are you from the people that you supposedly serve represent, yeah. and represent by the way he only really represents the suburbs yeah um and you you build an lrt system it's not an extensive one no it doesn't cover all the major points for a city of this size it's ridiculous it's it's not basic and but you take the buses off the road are you fucking that fucking dumb it was really are you that dumb how yes. Dumb can the you the be? short answer is yes. Wow. The long answer is they don't care. Well, he doesn't care specifically. You remember last year when they were challenged to take the bus? Yeah. And remember how resistant they were to resistant? taking the bus? A lot of them were like, I actually need to get it to appointments on time. So <laughs> I was like, Oh no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. So so do I. Yeah. But that doesn't happen because the buses don't show up and the logic that they've given for this like taking the buses off the road to promote the lrt is like if we don't take the buses off the road people won't take the train we're like you're having to use the buses anyway because your train is broken every other fucking day people will take the train with buses dumbass you think people want to be stuck in fucking traffic for 20 minutes no No. people will take the fucking train if you make if you integrate it into their day into the way they take the train not what you like what kind of paternalistic bullshit is that the jim watson wants to take wants to force people's behavior yep by basically what jim watson did he tried to force a certain type of behavior Mm -hmm. by cornering people yeah it wasn't this was this process was not inclusive this process was not transparent this Mm -hmm. process was poor in communications oh he needs to wear this Mm -hmm. because this is his legacy project it it is and it's also i think there are multiple aspects of it that are extremely frustrating as a like as a user of the public transit system the fact that it costs three dollars and 55 cents a ride and that's it's cost prohibitive that that is the first one I didn't realize they had increased the fares until I had to buy my bus pass earlier this week. And 
Was that the $113 bus pass? Oh, no, it's $119.25. Oh, right. You're right. It is $119.20. And and I'm like, I have this stub somewhere. <laughs> and I went and I bought it and they charged me $119. I'm like, no, that's a mistake. It's $116, which I already thought was prohibitive and expensive. It is prohibitive. And uh, they were like, no, 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 it was increased. I have not seen any sign. And maybe I'm I'm like the only person in Ottawa who missed this because I take the bus. Mm-hmm. So my routes for the past like six months i even with the lrt i'm not able to use the lrt because there's one line and it goes nowhere mm-hmm. uh, so i have to take the bus mm-hmm. there was nothing wow. in terms of advertising in terms of there's going to be an increase in bus fare wow. nothing so i'm there looking like i'm arguing over three dollars but actually genuinely upset that in the past year we've had our fare increase twice and it's working or was it three times it's twice or three times. Like, enough that it's like... It's, I think it might have been three times. Probably, actually, yeah. a year ago, they increased it. Yeah. And then they increased it in the summer or the spring. Yes, you're right. And then they just increased it, it again. again. The service isn't getting better. The service is getting worse. It's getting worse. It doesn't function. And it's not just the LRT. And I know the LRT has had huge user... Like, the problems have been... Like, the rollout has been terrible. The rollout has been terrible. The rollout has been terrible. The platforms can't even hold the people that they need to. And they're so the dangerous, pl- And too. they're dangerous because it's going to be a matter of time before somebody falls on that track. Mm-hmm. There, are, there, there are very few safety mm-hmm. um, uh, like mechanisms put in place to make yeah. sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. The surface is slippery. Yeah. The Bayview... One side of the Bayview station is full of glass. So you can literally look up women's skirts. Mm -hmm. So you know they didn't do their gender-based analysis. So that's why gender-based... Oh, we're going to get to the gender part. Don't you (laughs) fucking worry. I'm so hot over this topic. I'm so angry. I'm like those people in the streets. Okay? I'm so fucking angry at the way transit has been treated in this city and other cities. Because all we've been doing is catering to people with cars. And I'm sure the environment are pissed off too and i'm sure there's a whole bunch of people that are just pissed off and you know why we're actually trying to do something as a community like it's a community act Mm -hmm. to take public transit you get to know people in your community because you see them on your route or Mm -hmm. whatever right it's a community building mechanism too but the fact is, is that we can't do that because Jim Watson is still on this MBA fucking <laughs> analysis bullshit from 1999. And it's, I think it also goes beyond Jim Watson because it's the people who are working within the city and who are responsible for oh, this, right? Oh, what happened to, well, when you're in the system, you can make change. Where's all that fucking change? It's not working. It ain't there. And so there's all of those systemic things, but also like, have you been to on any of the new buses they've bought? Yes. So I noticed this immediately and it was some, it's something that really frustrates me. So if you, this is very specific, but if you go on the bus, the front seats, the one that are like facing the front, but closest to the accessible ones, there's a big yellow bar Yeah, that goes into the seat. Oh. Right? And that is inaccessible for people who are uh, like, like me, who are, bigger who have wider hips because you're now sitting and having a big yellow bar dig into your side if you're ever in that seat i don't know if you've ever noticed but next time you're on one of the newer buses no i know what you'll see that i'm thinking about it and also another thing why why would they i know 
another thing those uh those accessible seats that you have to put put down they're not easy to to use yeah the old ones are easier the old ones are easier but these new ones they're not um how would i say they're not flexible yeah so every time i've seen someone who is who has accessibility needs who has to use it some people someone on the bus has to help them sit on that chair so how is that accessible wow how is that any so they so they put on new so they added yeah so they bought a round of new buses yes Uh, They are lower on mm -hmm. the floor uh, to the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. There are some accessibility issues around within within that. And And they haven't even they haven't even looked at that. No, but that's because, you know, that's why GBA plus is important. Okay. Yeah. Because the whole plus had they Mm -hmm. done their homework, had they Mm -hmm. done a usability study, too? I mean, they would have had the answers. They would have been able to figure this out before they launched. Yeah. But no, Jim Watson had a timeline. It's his ego on his timeline and fuck everybody else. Well, they didn't even like even if we have the argument of timeline, they didn't have the timeline down because they they fucked up when it comes to timeline because the LRT was supposed to be ready for Canada 2020 and it was not ideal the initial objective was it to have it ready for the summer before Canada 2020 work out the kinks and then have it ready for the 150th uh, no not Canada 2020 150th um, yes I thought that was the so that was in 2017 yeah so it yeah. was supposed to be fully functional and You're great right, it was for that. oh yeah yeah that was the original timeline that was the original timeline right. there was a lot of again I think they had some engineering stuff with like the the digging and stuff they found stuff that they weren't expecting which is fine but we we're now in 2019 it just launched and it's not functional it's a disaster it's what a fucking we, disaster we're paying a lot of money to use a system that doesn't work it takes it always takes so much time to get from point a to point b in ottawa you just have to walk but when it comes to winter we're not going to have that option well that's the other thing winter is coming okay so with all of this in mind uh-huh. do you think people in ottawa are angry enough would, would we have something like what happened in chile in, ah, in this passive city oh please really <laughs> listen yep. never underestimate the ability of Ottawans to stick their head in the sound and pretend like nothing's happening yeah. and even if they don't they don't how are they going to organize yeah what are they going to do they're going to go out in the street in this city mm-hmm. give me a break it's been yeah like climate change yes but that's because people only march for international shit mm-hmm. you know what I mean where somebody else is doing it mm-hmm. they can't listen people the reason why we have shitty transit is because we have shitty resistance. Mm-hmm. And this has been interesting for me as someone who didn't grow up in Ottawa. I know. Here. I didn't grow up in and Ottawa like, either. It's just such a... So happy I grew up in Alberta. Because for me, the fact that we're not able to use our transit system and it breaks down every other day and we're paying hu- nearly $120 for a monthly pass is ridiculous. Ottawa the, is the capital city of passivity. It's, yeah. But then, so in other words, I guess what I'm saying is this: mm-hmm. if you're not going to fight for the rights that you say you're ex- espo- yeah. espousing, then shut the fuck up and sit down and go on the other yeah. side. Because at this point, I'm just like the whole world is falling apart. Are they, like Canada is somehow is limping along, and when I say limping, I'm like we got bruised in that yeah. last election, and so I'm just like, what more do you need? Do you like what more do you want? Mm-hmm. 
I'm personally, I don't understand how we're so angry. passive. Why the fuck aren't people angry? Angry enough to take, take to the street. That's the thing. That's the I thing. think people are angry, but people are not channeling that anger into some sort of collective action. Yeah. That's the piece that's missing. Exactly. Collective action is missing. Because there's been some individual action. So yeah. I think one of the citizen commissioners, or what are they called? The like um, residents of Ottawa that are representing, like they're supposed to kind of be like the ambassadors for the LRT. Oh, yeah. So one of them spoke out and was like, listen, this has been really shit. Yeah. And it's not okay that it's this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pretend that it's okay and promote mm-hmm. this LRT. I need to credit this person, but basically was like, listen, I'm not going to lie that this is great and that this is functioning well. And then she got chastised by the commissioner. This sounds exactly like Ottawa. And then she came back with a great response, I thought, because she said, listen, I'm a volunteer. You are not paying me to lie to people. You brought me on so i could give you real feedback about how residents of ottawa are experiencing this lrt and now when i'm giving you honest and on honest feedback you're you don't taking it, take it you're not you don't want to take it yeah, you're chastising it, me because it hurts your ego of course yeah so basically most decisions are based on some man's ego by the way. no it's <laughs> seriously no. like that's the way the world works that's so that's once accurate. you once you break it down like that yeah. then and we have because I don't know where evidence policy making went out the fucking window. Did no. who told him we needed an LRT in the first place? I think where's they, the proof of concept? I, I don't actually understand. don't know that. I don't know. Did they do a proof of concept? Because I could tell you something. Listen, the questions that are not asked in the beginning mm-hmm. is why we have fuck ups at the yeah. end, and it's the simplest questions that nobody wants to ask because everybody in the room is trying to is are, are sick of fans to the guy yeah. who's making the decisions, and I do mean the mm-hmm. guy yeah. who's making the decisions, and nobody says anything. Yeah, that's my problem. Well, it's also and so we end up with this shit. Yeah, that's what happened with Phoenix. Mm-hmm. No, but this whole rollout of the LRT and the expansion of the transportation system of Ottawa has been such a disaster on so many levels, and the fact that there's such a passive attitude to it in Ottawa is extremely frustrating. And, but it's also like smaller things. Like for example, like if you witness things on the bus transit system and you want to make a complaint, it is not easy. No, they make it very hard Mm -hmm. to hold, to be held accountable. Yeah. But it's also a city public service. Why won't? Yeah, exactly. I don't know how people survive. Because transportation is more than just moving people mm-hmm. from point A to point B. It's a system that can limit or expand your opportunities yep. based on where you live. So access to just about everything, food, clothing, healthcare, schooling, mm-hmm. jobs, whatever you need, yeah. you know, um, everything, everything is accessed through transportation. Yeah. And so if you don't have um, a good public transit system, you're literally discriminating against women and the poor. Yeah. That's oh, no. what you're doing. A hundred percent. And in Ottawa, it's it's weird. In the seven years I've been here, I've seen it play out very quickly. Mm-hmm. The pricing out of neighborhoods, like mm-hmm. it is expensive expensive to live downtown in the city mm-hmm. and people are being pushed further and further away and yeah. being forced to use public transit that does not work yeah which makes their 
places their employment possibilities a lot smaller their access to education a lot very different and it's just creating layers of more problems in terms of how the city functions and uh, reducing inequality which is not it's not i honestly it would be really interesting to see a study on inequality in the city of ottawa over the 10 15 past 10 15 years i think that would be a great study to be honest i would like to see it disaggregated too by gender and race yes absolutely and and um and uh um i don't want to say uh i'll say (sighs) mobility status Yes. So, in other words, it takes into account immigration mm-hmm. status, yeah. but it also takes into account physical mobility status. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally just made this up. No, nope. like mobility, like no. But those are all different. You know, it's geographical metrics that are interesting. Yeah. yeah, and they need to be captured. And there's no reason you can't capture them in today's big data world. No. So it's because you don't want to. Okay. So a recent study from Harvard found that geographic mobility was indeed linked to economic mobility. And a 2014 study from NYU found the link, a link, between poor public transit access and higher rates of unemployment and decreased income in New York City. So um, we're going to turn to Chile now, where I think um, this has really played out in huge ways. And there's Mm -hmm. an economic piece to Chile. So Chile was known as an economic miracle during the 80s and 90s. The, quote, miracle of Chile, unquote, was was a term used by economist Milton Friedman to describe the reorientation of the Chilean economy in the 1980s during Augusto Pinochet's oppressive military junta and the effects of economic policies applied by a large group of Chilean economists who collectively became known as the Chicago Boys, having studied at the University of Chicago where Friedman taught. The the University of Chicago economics has a rep. (laughs) Yes. A global rep. Yeah, it has a global rep. Whether whether you like it or not, it has a rep. The economic reforms implemented by the Chicago Boys had three main objectives. Economic liberalization, privatization of state-owned companies, and stability of inflation. Or stabi- stability, you know, stability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, yeah. As of this year, Chile had the highest inequality in the OECD. So the point of putting this in is just mm-hmm. to give a context around yeah. which we economic liberalize, liberalization privatization and stabilization of inflation mm-hmm. was the panacea being sold and touted around by government officials and economists from yeah. the IMF from the World Bank Mm-hmm. from um and now the un is broke which i think is funny um from that's a whole other thing <laughs> oh i know you're into that <laughs> once that story developed yeah, yeah i'll come talk back about it so um this was what was being sold as the miracle drug mm-hmm. what that did was increase income inequality in those areas in those fragile democratic states right in the same way it does up here so what do you think is going to happen when the um president of chile increases transit costs well a revolt 
Yeah. So a 4% fare hike of 30 pesos, so that's 4 cents, on October 18th was the initial spark of the Chilean protests. However, the protests are really an explosion of a pressure cooker that has been growing for years, fed by profound socioeconomic inequalities. While the intergenerational, international community regards Chile as a regional success story for its economic growth, this growth has been unequal. And transport is one area where these inequalities are most evident. And I think this just gives a nice kind of, of big picture yeah. as to why it's transportation. Yeah. We just talked about how important it is. We just talked about Ottawa's, mm-hmm. like the personal experience yeah. with it. Now we're talking about an international thing. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show how much we fucked ourselves Actually, Gen X fucked us. <laughs> and the baby boomers. Yeah. Both of them. I okay, don't even know where Gen X is in, in half of these conversations. They like left the building. Um, they're the silent generation. They're the stick your heads <laughs> in the sand and don't ask questions generation. generation. So Love you, mom. <laughs> well, now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm teasing. It's okay. I, My I mom know. was pretty active in her youth, so well, I don't even like. Well, these are the North Americans I'm talking I know. about. Nor- okay. The white people. But that's okay. it. That's no. But that's a really important thing when we're talking about generations. A lot of times we forget to talk about geographical geographic context. Yeah. And how that has affected generations across the globe. When yeah. we talk about like Gen Z, we talk about it in like the North American lens. Yeah. And it's really interesting. For, like I'm a weird. I'm on the cusp of two generations, so I'm between millennial and Gen Z, and it's very funny because i'm weird uh but i too am a cusper right but but not that, those two genders <laughs> <laughs> we're we're telling too much about her i age. know women I should know. not talk about their I, age whatever Erica, don't you know my skin looks fucking great it's so great. fuck everybody else so. <laughs> <laughs> genetics i'm just right. saying um but the geographical context when it comes to generational like gaps is such an important thing to 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 put in there and i hate that the bigger conversation is always centered around north america but that's a personal thing i don't think we should center a story on yeah. the west and yeah. Yeah. north america and like well, if we i do anything center, in life we that's what i need to do well i i'm not <laughs> i i don't really buy into all forms of north american feminism either exactly. so i think like my feminism is kind of it's informed by women who, you know, who ha- like honestly held it down. Yeah. yeah. When, oh, yeah. when, because they didn't have, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the support. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's a different, that's story. a whole other conversation. But right. back to Chile. Back to Chile. And actually, you know, I find that comparing this economic part of Chile mm-hmm. with, um, with, what's going on now just goes to show how much neoliberal economics has failed the entire world Mm -hmm. and that companies i mean sorry countries have defaulted on loans on the basis of Mm -hmm. those reforms so to speak because you have to make those reforms in order to get imf money or world bank money Mm -hmm. even if it does increase it even if it does ravage your communities yep and they have they have pushed this economic liberalization. I remember watching Bill Clinton. 
At some point, no, I was watching PBS and Bill Clinton was on there talking about economic liberalization and globalization, how this was going to change the world. And, you know, Bill Clinton is basically an older tech bro in that sense, right? (laughs) Because, oh, technology will fix everything. No, technology has just exposed a lot more. You know. You're showing your ass. Yeah, technology basically shows your ass. So I guess what I'm saying is we need to rethink everything. Yeah. So when we want a system change, it's because we need to challenge every fucking mm-hmm. assumption that's out there. And there are a lot of assumptions. Yeah. Number one, an assumption that transit isn't a gendered issue, and it is. Men and women take yeah. transit differently mm-hmm. due to traditional gender roles. Till this day, women still do the majority of household work. Yep. I don't care what tax bracket you're in. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. And especially when you have conservatives up here talking about income splitting. Anyway, I have <laughs> a problem with that. Um, uh, men tend to travel the same distance on a regular work schedule, mm-hmm. which is why even before the LRT in Ottawa, Ottawa is very much predicated on how men take transit absolutely and how a certain class Mm -hmm. of men takes transit tell them and that is how the schedules are made Mm -hmm. so that's why there you know even before the lrt there was a lack of off-peak buses on the transit line and that's the way it's discriminatory towards women most transportation authorities prioritize male travel times and modes of transportation so basically bus car lrt or whatever which introduces systemic inequality so women still as i said still bear the burden of reproductive worth the caregiving the domestic work done to support the functioning household this can include childcare, elder care, shopping, educational, health services, and so forth. Think of, do you know that when I'm putting together meetings for mm-hmm. women, yeah. the first question, I don't have kids, you know, but yeah. the first question childcare. is daycare. Yeah. When do you have to pick up your kids from daycare? Mm-hmm. I never, ever, I have a four to seven blackout period mm-hmm. yeah. because of that. Yeah. And if I can do it, don't tell me that other places can't do that. Yeah. Right? Anyway. Um, um, and that's because of this podcast. Oh, 100%. And I think it's important to realize, like, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later. It's important to realize, like, we're not going to think of everything all the time. We, we're continuously learning and understanding different, like, yeah. facets of the world that we're not necessarily directly attached to. Yeah. But we just have to approach them with compassion and open-mindedness, and that's how you learn, right? So, with humility. Humility and a lot, a lot of, like, we gotta take, active listening. Yeah, we got to take our egos out of it or else we'll get nowhere. Yeah. Anyway, um, this results, so all of this reproductive work mm-hmm. um, results in women taking more but shorter trips and practicing trip chaining. Yeah. So trip chaining involves making multiple stops along one trip or journey often related to reproductive work such as getting children to and from school, mm-hmm. household tasks like shopping and caregiving tax- tasks like medical visits with elderly family members and speaking of Gen X, aren't they the sandwich generation too? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but they're mum on these things. I don't know. Um, 
children's after school activities is another one. Yes. As such, women more than men tend to travel with children, the elderly, people, people with disabilities, or with goods, which can be an additional burden as the infrastructure from sidewalks to buses may not easily facilitate that. Often, these trips are during off-peak hours when service is less frequent, ding, 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 and destinations may not be located or integrated to existing transit lines. Women's trips tend to happen consistently throughout the day during both peak and off-peak times. See, this is the importance of data. This right? shows the importance of data. And, and evidence-based policy making. Exactly. But... Uh, I'm pretty sure, sh- I, I, again, we would have to see, like, the initial stages of planning for the LRT. I don't know if this was taken into consideration whatsoever. Doubtful, because they have fucking a whole upskirting panel mm-hmm. at Bayview. Exactly. Yes. So, I mean, people are like, and you know when I told people this? Mm-hmm. Somebody had the temerity to say to me, well, you know, you have to just, like, it's not just that obvious. Like, you have to stand in a certain place. Like, that fucking makes it better. No. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. I just... Am I? Am I? I just, <laughs> it's one of those moments where you have to be like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to. No. I'm like, like. You're not worth my energy, time, or even like, we're not. You're, I don't want you to breathe the same air as me. Go away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because that's some bullshit. Anyway. So I, I like. The point is transportation is a big fucking deal. That's the point. And also if we. For me, as like uh, uh, uber young millennial, early older Gen Zer, like I've always been a proponent of public transit. Yeah, and it should be free. It should be free. It should be accessible, and it should be better. Like I, just I in love general. how I love how we're radicals because we're saying it should be free. That's, that's a bullshit. Okay, that's not me even getting into the fact that city council wouldn't even hold a vote about to make the one day we're supposed to get free transit be election day because democracy doesn't matter as much as remembrance day where all public servants basically don't have to go to work don't get me started on that but what i was trying to say what was i what was i saying i was talking about uh, oh one of the big reasons why i take public transit to be honest is the environment and being mindful of my environmental impact but at the same time, if I don't have a reliable way of getting from point A to point B, that negates that whole effort. It's conscious. For me, it is a very conscious effort. And that's something we don't talk about. I enough. could totally Uber to work. Oh, yeah. It would probably cost me about the same. If I have my $5 off, it costs me exactly the same because the fares are so high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. Because, number one, I just... I I just don't. <laughs> I, I just have something against no, it. No, but but, but it, I I want that. I want to be able to walk through my neighborhood yeah. and get to the bus stop and take public transit. There's a social aspect to busing, and I know that there's like there are different studies that say like being on public transit is actually like making us older and making us like anxious and die younger and like. Well, all those when things. if you're in New York City and you have the fucking police shorty putting guns at you. That is a bit stressful. That too. And longer commutes. The yeah. longer your commute is, the ba- the worse it is for your health. That's a whole other thing. But and I think people, like, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I know people who live in, like, Barhaven mm-hmm. who hate it now. Oh. Because 
who hate the LRT mm-hmm. because they said I took the 95 to work one bus exactly. I could get on there I could do my I could read mm-hmm. I could answer emails I could do you know mm-hmm. stuff because it's it's time where you're almost held hostage yeah. right so you can bring stuff like I'm already like I've, I'm going to Toronto on um, Tuesday mm-hmm. and I'm already like Ooh, that Crave subscription is coming in real heavy, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, ooh, what else do I have to, to mm. read? And I'm like, well, there's policing black lives. There's all these stuff, you know? And then I'm like, ooh, I could, I could get caught up in my Wired subscription. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these, there's all these things that we do. Yeah. Whether and, 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 and the fact is, it's almost a time of solitude within a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find that, like I can see where people are coming from where they like it was a long commute mm-hmm. like no they said it wasn't even that bad no and because yeah. they said that the person I talked to said it takes me longer to get to work now because I have to switch yep and it's that switch when mm-hmm. you have to switch that that's where the problems start coming in and it's also you're more stressed because you're you don't want to miss your connection and like yeah. the uncertainty of that whole thing yeah. yeah it's not it's that's not the you're not the only person who to have said that to me i've also heard that people from orleans their commute has almost doubled yeah in time yeah um and I, I i assume it has yeah because they could have taken well the 95 went to orleans mm-hmm. right yeah um but it's also the way we see public transit as a social space yes in a lot of I, I don't know for me like that is a social space like yes it is a space where like for me personally public transit taking it in the morning that's where i catch up with my podcasts and like news i don't do it before getting ready thank or you so- girl for that for that little plug that plug no it's true <laughs> i literally <laughs> the bad and bitchy pod is like my busing companion i will be laughing out loud on the bus and people will look at me and i'm like no you don't get it i'm like catching up with, with my with my people I it's a real thing it's 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 a real it space people out when you're happy eh? yeah it does joy is something that makes people really uncomfortable people in ottawa i don't know about no in alberta it's different oh really they just want to join in okay they're like oh what are you laughing about let yeah. me laugh too okay no alberta is a space of community mm-hmm. that is underrated Rated. Yeah. i'm so glad i grew up in alberta because this sort of individualism that I see here where mm-hmm. and like it makes people lonely. Yeah. And it makes them it makes them vulnerable to certain elements things, and things, yeah. Elements, health, social space and so mm-hmm. on. And I find that here that people hate that when you have joy. Oh. I've found that people feel really uncomfortable when you express strong emotions in public. That Does that too. make sense? Yeah. So like, for example, so that goes back to that, that Puritan British bullshit (laughs) that these people have been raised on where you don't say anything negative because that may look, they're only, they, they care more about appearances than Mm -hmm. substance and I'm not here for it. Yeah. We do live in a city that's very conscious of how people appear to each other. And they all, and I don't know why, because they don't appear like anything. No. They're not remarkable. Like, no. literally, they're not. And I'm just like, not all of you. Obviously, <laughs> the people who listen to this podcast, we're okay. Some of you are lovable. I'm, t- I'm saying. Anyway, let's, I'm, I'm getting on a tangent, so let's move on. <laughs> let's um, refocus.
And now we're back to Rant and Receipts, where we each bring a story for the other and ourselves to rant about. So I, you know, as, it's as if this man couldn't realize that he needed to sit down, shut the fuck up and eat his food mm-hmm. because he doubled down the next week. So after Barack Hussein Obama decided to um decided to um what did he do he support uh, a blackface oh prime minister against a man of color by the way mm-hmm. so let's not forget that there was a man of color in this race and he chose the white guy in blackface over a man of color okay mm-hmm. to endorse now he doubles down at his own fucking foundation and wants to tell us about cancel culture Give the people context. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so Barack Obama um, had some type of, I guess, uh, event at his new uh, uh, foundation. Do you see how interested I am in this foundation <laughs> at this point? Because now I'm like, oh, yeah, he has a foundation. Anyway, so... Um, what happened was, I guess he was asked about cancel culture, woke culture, or something like that. Or he was he was asked about activism or something. I can't yeah, remember. I, I think, think it was activism. I think it was activism, and it was a panel centering around youth and empowering youth. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, you know what this man says? This man says, complains about wokeness and how people think they're woke because they're basically keyboard warriors. And I'm just like, first of all, why are we using woke? <laughs> nobody, nobody of, of internet prominence has used the word woke since 2016. 17, maybe. 17, maybe. Okay. 17, and early yeah. 2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, after Trump, woke was retired. Yeah, okay. No, that, no, and I don't that. know why. It's so funny that you're using internet culture to shame inter- people on the internet. Yeah. So that's one thing. Number two, cancel culture is not actually a thing Mm -hmm. because power doesn't get canceled. Say that with me again, kids. Power does not get canceled or else it wouldn't be fucking power. Mm -hmm. And, okay. No. I'm so tired of this cancel culture conversation. And it's a constant conversation. It's a constant conversation. And then CBC picked up on it, Mm -hmm. which meant all the decency around understand. Okay. All. If you thought that you were going to add understanding when CBC entered the mix, CBC took it sideways and got it wrong, (laughs) as it usually does. So CBC brings on a Toronto psychologist. Oh, no. Okay. Really? A psychologist. An academic who probably doesn't even know what the fuck cancel culture is. Doesn't know what it is. But he called. He says, listen to this. This is the first line of the write up. And nobody thought that this was Was bad. Yeah. For Dr. Oren Amate. White guy. Mm -hmm. But he's probably not. But I think he's passing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, white in this context, he's white. Mm -hmm. Taking part in so-called cancel culture the idea that someone whose ideas or comments are considered offensive should be boycotted is like doing a drug, like giving into addiction. What? 
This is on CBC Radio Country Checkup. How is... That does not make any sense. It makes no sense. And the fact that somebody could print that and not like say, what the fuck is this? That went through several levels. How many many layers did that go through? And that's what they came up with. This is what they came up with because CBC is run by clueless white people. That's why. Mm. Anyway. So anyway, as I go on, because obviously I'm hot now. Okay. (laughs) Because like, um, the idea that someone whose ideas are common are considered offensive should be boycotted. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Why is that a problem? That is my civil rights. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now me exercising my civil rights is a problem because it offends the sensibility of somebody in a position of white privilege. Mm -hmm. Really? That's what CBC is peddling as news and content. Fuck that shit. Yeah. You know what? Why doesn't CBC just partner up with Breitbart at this point? Because I don't even know what the fuck they're doing anymore. I'm so angry now. Because now I'm even angry at CBC that I am at Obama. And I was originally angry at Obama. Yeah. Okay. By the way, there are many th- Obama threads. Okay. So anytime you see the woke culture thing on Twitter on yeah. Obama, everybody is posting threads of all the shit he's done. Mm-hmm. So there are some Bo- Obama receipts going on. And I think Obama was idealized and a lot of us didn't feel comfortable criticizing or um, calling him out on certain of his policy choices because we were so like, we wanted, you're the first one. We want want you you to to succeed. succeed. Uh, But he was not perfect. He was imperfect. And I think hindsight is 2020 and we're able to have that conversation now um, but I think for me, that clip, what was the most difficult thing to watch was the tone of the reprimand. It was being reprimanded. He, th- his tone mm-hmm. was, why can't I find any words in my head right now? His, his tone was condescending. Mm-hmm. It was patronizing. Mm-hmm. It was scolding. Yeah. It was, and I find that Obama always has time to scold black people or people of color mm-hmm. or youth or some or people like that. But let him scold white people. When's the last time Obama scolded white people? And Obama doesn't hardly talks about the people who actually caused the problems. No. So he doesn't talk about the Breitbarts. He doesn't talk about the Steve Bannons. He doesn't talk about how them. structural this is and how it's embedded mm-hmm. in the structure. Mm-hmm. the political structure mm-hmm. of America, which he knows, by the way. No, mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know, people are upset yeah. because they want accountability. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all the so-called Twitter mob or the so-called cancel culture is. Mm-hmm. It is literally the last stretch of accountability that we can hold on to because there is none in the system. And instead yeah. of Obama talk about that and talk about counterculture like that, Mm -hmm. he goes on and he scolds black people, he scolds people of color, he scolds the youth as though we're his children. I didn't sign up to be his kid, he's got two. He doesn't need like 40 million more. Mm -hmm. And I ain't fucking watching his his bullshit on Netflix either. (laughs) I think for me, the the part that was extremely, that made me uncomfortable, I think the most was him using the college campus example, that college campuses are no longer a place where <gasps> yeah, basically that, he I'm, is I'm, parroting Bill Maher and the rebel is. media 
Because he's basically parroting the rebel media mm-hmm. at that point, right? Yeah. Once you start talking about college campuses, you are now in the realm of the right wing. Mm-hmm. So just say you're right wing. Say you got rich, you got <laughs> right, and you think you got white, and yeah. done the story because that's what it's sounding like. Okay. I think the other piece is like he is not realizing he. Well, he might also like again. I can't read Obama's mind. Don't know what he's trying to do, but he's peddling this messaging that has been brought over from the right. Yes. And validating it and yes. putting it as like a... Yes, and that makes Obama dangerous. Mm-hmm. It makes him very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Don't at me. <laughs> Do not. Okay, because people have been adding me like they're trying to... like And, and they're talking down to me. Oh, like really? Obama About does. Obama? Like, yeah. Like, oh, you just proved this point. And I was just like, power doesn't get canceled, dumbass. Yeah. If cancel culture was a thing, Harvey Weinstein wouldn't be still around going into comedy clubs. Hello. Uh, Aziz Ansari wouldn't have a new Netflix special Hello. the other day. Uh, what's the redheaded dude, hair guy? The Mexi- the guy who was born in Mexico and then... Excuse me? Uh, what's Ricky Gervais wouldn't be still a thing if cancel culture was a thing. Uh, oh, you mean when he peddled nigger, nigger, nigger all yeah. over the fucking internet and everybody was like, hey, cool. Yeah. If right? cancel culture was right? a thing... Because, because that's a thing mm-hmm. that he did. Yeah. And he was laughing about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. If cancel culture was real, these people would not have... They wouldn't have money, money platforms, or, or influence or access. You're right. I'm just, you know, you better take this over because I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm so steamed right now. I no, can't rightfully so. I haven't been this steamed mm-hmm. on uh, on on a rant and receipts in a while. Obviously, I've been slipping. No, no, no. I think uh, to close it off, there's a larger conversation to be had about accountability and we're not creating a space for that conversation around accountability and how people ask for forgiveness and who is supposed to give them back access to the mainstream and fold bring them back into the fold but obama's suggestion is not going to work that that ain't it like it's not that ain't it it's not it's not because he doesn't even acknowledge no the he only acknowledges one side not the Mm -hmm. other exactly it has to be a two-way conversation yes So you want to talk about discourse, Mm -hmm. discourse, the people, reason people are mad is that, is that a bunch of white people Mm -hmm. and powerful people, because it's not only power, white people, I I think back to Ellen DeGeneres too. She's another one. Okay. Once these people get rich and powerful, okay, then, then another realm, then it's another realm. And all they want to do is protect their, protect their, their rich, their riches Mm -hmm. and their power and their friends mm-hmm. and their powerful friends. Mm-hmm. That's all they want to do. But this idea that Ellen can go in and, and, and accept Kevin Hart as though she's speaking on behalf of people is ridiculous. That was it's such ridiculous. A and Kevin instance. Hart, Kevin Hart is somebody who doubles down on idiocy. Oh, <laughs> do not get me started on Kevin okay? Hart. I have so that's another him that too. Man. I have a problem with him. Yeah, and you know it's amazing to me that he hasn't even reached misogynist of the week yet. But his yes. time is he coming. Will, he will find a way. Oh, okay, I'm going to change I'm, the pace I'm a little steamed. bit. Please do. <laughs> I'm going to change the pace a little bit. Mine's uh, has a better ending, but the the start is really fucked. So my rant and receipt this week is um, Delta removing same-sex scenes out of movies on their air airlines, even when they're P- they're PG. So I'll explain. So this earlier this week, a fan tweeted at Olivia, what's her name again, Olivia Wilde, 
um, that the same same sex um, love scene in her movie Booksmart, amazing movie by the way. If you have if you want to have a good laugh, good coming of age teen movie, great Saturday night watch. Um, tweeted at her to let her know that the the same sex love scene in that movie had been removed. Uh, this was a big surprise to Olivia Wilde because that uh, same-sex love scene does not have any nudity, uh, which means it should be allowed on an air- airline. Uh, there's n- there was no reason for it to be censored. And then upon further investigation, they found out that it was actually not just books- Booksmart. Uh, other queer movies had also been censored. So um, Rocketman had a scene censored, even though it wasn't there was no nudity so there wasn't a reason for it to be censored uh and there was a long list um but then olivia wilde the director actually went and watched the movie and then made some notes so they had cut out the word vagina they removed a scene around scissoring a conversation around scissoring uh they removed a scene around um, female masturbation and utis uh Yep, they cut a scene that addressed porn and then they cut a scene with animated dolls because they were naked, but the dolls had no genitalia because... Because they're dolls. They're fucking dolls. So... And then they also removed the sex scene that had zero nudity and and is a very essential plot point in the character's development because it doesn't make sense if you don't see that scene. But... So they cut all of those things they cut none of the cursing zero all of the cursing was in all of it so this sparked a conversation a around uh female sexuality not being acceptable to be seen on screen even if it's just a kiss and then oh another piece of it was queer queer um a queer love love stories not being able to be seen on screen to the same extent as um hetero uh relationships and it was it but they also so something that's interesting so in the same movie there's a scene where there's a guy deep throating uh, a microphone that was kept <laughs> so this is just like there are layers and levels of this to finish up the story delta oh, there's more yeah there's more delta delta recognized this is delta airlines right? delta airlines i'm, just, I'm yeah. just checking in mm-hmm. to make sure that i'm getting this fuckery right uh they reckon they were like oh we're so sorry we don't know what happened they you know ex- what happened shut up exactly <laughs> they explained that uh, movies on airlines when movies are edited for um, the planes they actually go through a third party that goes and edits the scene scenes sorry and they don't actually vet them they just upload them and don't really double check it yeah so, i could believe that yeah so they I vowed to that. to go back and their 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 acknowledgement their letter was actually really great um so they've gone back and they're going to be reevaluating their process. They're probably going to be changing their third party agreement Fair. and stuff. Uh-huh. So it doesn't happen again. But it was such a flagrant thing. So who's the third party that did this? They didn't tell us. Okay. It's a third party company. That's what they do. Like that's their whole shtick. Okay. But obviously 
their judgment is off. Mm-hmm. Who are they censoring for? Who are they censoring for? Mm-hmm. And this is an example. Okay, so exactly. I mean, people. Uh, okay. And the thing is, as someone who's seen the movie, it literally is not explicit. I know. It's not explicit I whatsoever. I heard Olivia Wilde on Keep It. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this sounds boring, actually. <laughs> and it, now that you're telling me it's great, I'll, it's I'll watch it. It's a funny story. The music is great. It's really just a teenage adventure movie. And it's all, for me, I think for me, it was like relating to being super serious in high school and thinking like, oh, I have to be super serious so I can get into university. And mm-hmm. then realizing like, shit, like everyone else was doing whatever they fucking wanted. Yeah. And they still got into good schools. Yeah. And so it's a really funny storyline. The music is awesome. The music selection really? in that movie is really, really good. Aww. They have Run the Jewels. Like, it's good music. No good music. You know what? Insecure yeah. has yeah. really good music. Yes. yes. And you know what I love about Insecure? Mm-hmm. The adherence to Fem C's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of Fem C's, this is just an aside. Have mm-hmm. you ever watched Queen of the South? Yes. Love. love that show. Love that okay, show. Okay. Do you remember mm-hmm. when in one episode there was Remy Ma? Mm-hmm. There was not Moni Love. What's her name? What's her name? MC Light mm-hmm. was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snow the Product. Okay. Who was, remember the girl who got um, the, the cut on her back and she worked for um Teresa oh yeah that's snow the product oh I recommend snow the product I love her music she is Tejano like less Tejano more LA Mexican yeah because that's uh, like a different region Mm -hmm. and so Tejano is really Texas Mm -hmm. um but it's like it's 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 a her music is heavily 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 influenced by mm-hmm. her la mexican culture oh, you know a really good this is an aside entirely again yeah. a really good tv show that is influenced by la mexican culture is called vida i it's on my list it's, it's so on good. crave I i'm gonna watch it vida. now when i go to toronto i love vida. okay good. it has some i didn't of, know that they talked about that on keep it too best sex scenes on tv okay aside i'm just saying really good really really good really good like well done good well done like well done like even the like one of the sex scenes i'm thinking about is like it's meant to portray like a really bad sexual encounter like in terms of like just boring and it's perfectly done it's realistic it's not because women yeah wrote and produced a woman wrote and produced it it is but yeah she was on keep it yeah yeah. it's a pretty it's a really good show yeah vita is really good okay good because you know i have that crave subscription right mm-hmm. use it <laughs> okay yo there i got crave because of game of thrones mm-hmm. and and then i never and then succession came on and mm-hmm. then and then oh um who wants to be a god in or becoming a god in central florida kirsten dunst new one mm-hmm. heavily recommend okay very well done okay um and so all these shows came on mm-hmm. and then but it just Vito, made sense it just it just made sense mm-hmm. and then i i had to fly to alberta mm-hmm. and i was like this is amazing it literally i could download all of the things that i wanted within mm-hmm. minutes and it's great for traveling yeah yeah all right so that's it for our episode this week thank you barbara for stepping in Thanks for having me, Erica. 
And so watch out for rant and res- or sorry, <laughs> misogynist of the week. It just goes to show <laughs> that I'm yeah okay. Tired. I'm it's tired. Okay. I really am. Okay, everybody. Um, do I have any announcements? No. Bye. Bye.